This is a lot of podcast drama that you just decided you don't want to be a librarian. <laughs> I do want to be a librarian. I love my job, actually. I love. No, I know. I'm just kidding. Like, this is not me being ironic. I love being a librarian. That is so cap, Jack. <laughs> That's right. I've been skidmarried. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Oh no, they're probably going to do more skin of a ring bullshit. Justin, I have been watching that fucking video like every single day <laughs> since you sent it to me. Kate, have you seen this? What is it? The one where Joe Biden gets skin of a ring? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Get out of my face, Jack. <laughs> oh, great. Now I'm upside down. <laughs> Just what I fucking needed. Not again. <laughs> oh, that fucking phone. It better not. Ah! Oh, I fucking hated that. I hated that. <laughs> that weird little toy did not like him or them. No. I don't know. I can't get through that movie. I loved it. I got like both bored and too anxious. Yes. And I was like, when <laughs> it's the same problem I have with um, the Magnus archives. Like it just literally the, the sound of background noise stresses me out as I'm listening to it and I can't get through the episode, even though the episodes aren't that scary, but like the background noise is constantly like freaking you out. I vibed with skin of a rink so hard. I just wanted to stare at angles of weird corners. Well, like weird internet archive cartoons played in the background, like for like forever. I was like, yeah, maybe <laughs> this is it. This is peak horror. I haven't seen it, but my wife did go, oh, hey, do you want to watch this incredibly freaky trailer that just the trailer alone made me go, nope, can't watch this. <laughs> and then I watched it and I was like, yeah, that's a big fat nope for me, but I'm not a horror movie person. But yeah. My favorite edit was someone took the music video for Wet Ass Pussy and put in, in this house. <laughs> so there's oh, some no. in this house. <laughs> and like edited <laughs> clips of Skidmarink, tra- of the Skidmarink trailer into, into WAP. In the Watt music video. I think it should have been either an hour or eight hours. That's my my theory. I, I didn't like when it turned into a haunted house movie. Yeah, same. Like some of like the put the knife in her eye. Yeah. I just want to look at weird corners. Look at weird corners. And like when it gets like Blair Witchy, like with the parents, like in the bedroom, that scene, oh, fucking whips. So good. Yeah, that was scary as hell. It's so scary. I, the, when I watched Skin of Marink the first time, I was one of the people who watched it illegally um, before it was in theaters. And it got picked up in theaters because so many people were watching it illegally. Piracy is a good thing. And I got so freaked out that I fell asleep on my couch with the lights on. <laughs> and I am 30 years old. <laughs> <laughs> I was 29 when I watched it, but still. Uh, and I well, don't, horror movies don't scare me anymore. Skin and fucking got me. It makes everything terrifying, <laughs> right? Like so every corner, every. So spooky. Like your staircase is scary. Doorways are scary. Like it turns now everything. A podcast. Yeah, <laughs> we've we've been skinnering. Welcome to skinnering. <laughs> Get out of my face, Jack! I'll kill you. That's right. I'm in the skinnering house. <laughs> no doors, no windows, no toilet either. <laughs> anyway, hi, Kate. Hi. One time no see. Hello. Hi. I've returned. You have the podcast Euroboros of who goes yes. on whom's <laughs> podcast continues. It's all um, a mycorrhizal network. Oh, look at you. Ooh. Dropping the theme. <laughs> it's not like we're professionals at this or anything. 
I just woke up. Let's go. My name is Justin. I've been skinmarinked. My pronouns are ah and get me out of here. <laughs> I don't know how to follow up with that. I'm Sadie. I work at, I work IT at a public library. That's not very spooky. Uh, my pronouns are they them. My name is Jay. I am made out of a mycorrhizal network of hyphae. And my pronouns are you cannot kill me in a way that matters. He's so scared. <laughs> He's so scared. He forgot his thing. Pronouns. Uh, I've been skittering. <laughs> we have a guest. Would you like to introduce yourself? Yes. Jay, you stole mine. I'm Kate. No. I'm actually a mushroom. <laughs> my pronouns are mushroom and mushroom. <laughs> no, my pronouns are... <laughs> my pronouns are she, her, or they, them. Dealer's choice. It's it's so weird seeing a, a very good friend become Twitter's uh, <laughs> the character of the main character of the day <laughs> and onto Tumblr. I gotta say, <laughs> it was a very weird couple of days. Um, <laughs> I loved all the check ins from you and Justin. <laughs> like, are you okay? <laughs> like, our, and Ash too. We're like are you doing all right? And I was like, should I be doing worse? I'm not sure. I think I'm okay. I feel like the worst of of it was like people who didn't retweet or quote tweet and who just like took screenshots and said things. And then you don't like get to see those as easily. Yeah. That was all the chuds. Right. So I was saved from like what most of the chuds had to say. Thank goodness. Not that I care that much what they have to say. But on the good hand, on the good side of things, I made a lot of new friends who are who love mushrooms. <laughs> um, inc- and, and like got a little support from Jeff Vandermeer. Hell yeah. Yeah, pretty rad. That's like, that's endorsement. Is that a mushroom? Uh, Jeff Vandermeer wrote Annihilation. Yeah, Jeff Vandermeer is my favorite mushroom. <laughs> I was about to say that's the guy who wrote Annihilation, right? Because like yep. that yeah. thematically fits so well. Yep. Yeah, I'm so proud of you. <laughs> it was funny because I called him in, like he agreed with me on something, and then like I called him in later for an argument, like a day later, and was like, Jeff Vandermeer agrees with me. And he like came <laughs> in and like backed me up again. He's like, yeah. a really great, yeah. He's great on Twitter. I'm glad that he's a fucking Chad. Right? (laughs) Who will like back you up when people are dunking on you for stupid reasons. Exactly. Yeah. This is now a Jeff Vandermeer stand podcast. Uh, (laughs) We're going to skin a Marine Kim. It'll be fun. We've been annihilated. Uh Uh-oh. That is so cap, Jack. (laughs) (laughs) So cap. This is the the only good thing AI has ever done is just making Joe Biden say stupid shit. It's <laughs> so if you didn't read the tweet, I got a very special guest reader to read your viral tweet for us. This is really silly, but I don't like how anti-fungus The Last of Us is. <laughs> it feels reactionary to our future body possibilities. <laughs> oh my 
he 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 recorded that on the skin ring telephone. Uh, we called him in. He called a mushroom. <laughs> or maybe a mushroom answered. Tell me the name of God, you piece of shit. Right, and that's why he had to hang up. <laughs> yeah. Get out of um, my face, Jack. Thank you. Thank you, Joe Biden, for reading my my tweets. The thing that no one, well, you know, it's weird because obviously you don't, you never really prepare to go viral. I have written so many tweets that I thought were like fucking genius and get like five likes. (laughs) And like here I write this like, silly stoner thought and then my follow-up to it which should have been in the original tweet was that i thought it would be like i think david cronenberg should direct an episode of the last of us and like no one read that why would they yeah no like most of the stuff i saw was people retweeting screenshots of it in the style of this website is free. Oh, yes. I got a lot of those. Of like, people call that Twitter brain. It's like, no, what they're referring to is the way that people on Tumblr spoke in like 2015 is yes. what they were equating you to. I'm like, that's I was not very... what you sound like at all. <laughs> <laughs> and the people making fun of it are the people who can't read, right? The people who can't be like, what, what's the first thing that you say? This is really silly, but this is really, this is really silly, silly. I don't like how anti-fungus the last of us. This is really silly, Stop. but I don't like how Stop. Joe Biden shut the fuck up. I like when Joe Biden says silly. <laughs> Joe Biden, this is really silly. <laughs> I went to the yeah. silly goose island and it was just Joe Biden. Yeah, it was just a bunch of Joe Bidens. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, it was like a weird, like, I just had, okay, so I, I've only watched, I don't know if you, if any of y'all have watched, uh, The Last of Us or played the game. I don't know what video games are. I read the plot synopsis because, uh, I was thinking about watching it because I'm like on a mushroom kick. I just ordered a mushroom grow kit, but it's not here in time for the episode. Ah, And you were making fun of me for it last year, you piece of shit. (laughs) (laughs) Check the tapes on that. Jamie, pull that up. <laughs> when I was getting into growing mushrooms and reading Infinite Jest at the same time. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just, yeah, but one of those was fine. Which one? Oh, okay. The mushrooms. The yeah. mushrooms, right. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so I was very happy to become a um, the queen of Tumblr for for the day that was fun and i loved everyone he was like embrace the dk like everyone became these like amazing like fey death metal freaks for mushrooms for the day which was wonderful but yeah i just was watching i watched two episodes and i was like okay so you know like the va- like sort of the overarching plot is that there is a event where cordyceps which normally can't affect humans but they're the ones that like invade like ants and and yeah, stuff and like zombify like the them mushroom. yeah yeah. And like that's a great exploration. You know, there it's right there. It's like a thing that happens in nature and it's so creepy that like a mushroom takes over an ant and like steers the ant towards like like to go up a tree, get on a branch and then jump or like fall so that the mushroom can like release spores in a more effective way. Like that is wild that nature does that. So I understand, like, it makes sense that it would be an interesting way to start off, like, a video game or a show. But I just was like, I guess the way 
the show handled it. And like I said, I've only seen two episodes. There's like five and I did not keep up. So this is not this was not a tweet from a an expert. It was, as Joe Biden said, a silly idea. <laughs> um <laughs> But yeah, just the the way that they set it up is kind of like mushrooms versus us. And they're just like the scary zombie, you know, and you have to find a way to like survive and kill the zombies however you can. And I, I feel like that makes sense in some zombie narratives, but like with mushrooms there's so many more things you could do and i just got like frustrated and i was like you know what people are talking about mushrooms all the time like you go on instagram and someone's trying to sell you mushroom chocolates and like everyone's taking mushrooms again people are growing mushrooms on logs in their house (laughs) um and like there is some sort of anti-mushroom like government (laughs) like entity that was like we should make a hbo show and like tell people that mushrooms are scary and so that's like literally where it came from it was very it was deeply silly and justin why did we want to have kay on to talk about this <laughs> since we are not a horror movie podcast <laughs> <laughs> officially <laughs> was it my idea yes do i have to explain it Well, mushrooms are kind of like a library when you really think about it. Yep. End of episode. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then we go viral again (laughs) for that. When you think about it, it, mushrooms are kind of like a library. But actually, they are. We go fungal. (laughs) I've been actually having my student workers go through all the donations I tell people not to give me with a mask and gloves on to check which ones have like fungus. Oh yeah, and then stuff starting to grow. Scrape the shit out with my fingernails in grad Mm -hmm. school, getting all the autobahn shit, and just being like, "You get that rat shit out of there." Yeah, I told someone else about that, and they were like, "That you should not have had to do that." (laughs) Yeah, no, I have them masked up, gloves, and and I'm like, put them in my office. I'll get rid of them. People, stop donating your moldy fungal sheet music and books and whatever materials to libraries. It is a literal safety hazard. Not to be anti-fungal, but... but (laughs) Hey, they might be useful to someone. And our future body possibilities. Yeah, I was fully (laughs) handling them without a mask and without gloves because I'm like, take over my body, mushroom overlords. I welcome you with loving open arms, but I don't want to harm my students. So... (laughs) Yeah, maybe you could put them out in the woods and see um, what happens to them. I could grow mushrooms on them, like uh, like uh, Merlin Sheldrake did on his book. He took like the first printing of his book and grew mushrooms on his book and then ate the mushroom so he could eat his own words. That's hot. Yeah, he's, he's a Chad. <laughs> <laughs> I told my partner recently that because you can get buried and like your body like becomes the like the mushroom log (laughs) oh hell yes (laughs) yeah so there's like like mushrooms can will grow on you and that's like how you're how you go into the ground and i was like i would really love it if when i die i get mushroomed and then you guys all make dinner and and like eat me and he was like absolutely not (laughs) 
I would want my partner to eat my the me mushrooms. Yeah, same. You know, if you've had your tongue inside people's various orifices, I think you can eat them as a mushroom, you know? Yeah, I don't think it's a lot to ask. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, first, this is the second episode we've had you on that, that skirts around cannibalism. Me and Tate are just like, all right, let's talk about how hot cannibalism is, baby. I can't I can't close the episode again with Ramstein's mind tile. Kate, we should have a Hannibal podcast, I think. Yeah, do you want to have just a cannibalism podcast yes. just in let's general? Do, and we let's can call it like it. eat me or something. <laughs> eat me, drink me, something like that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but can you do human body composting in Pennsylvania? I thought only like three states have legalized it. You probably can't. It's probably not legal. It's probably like California, Colorado. It sounds like a California, Oregon thing. No, New York, yeah. I think it's legal. Oh, well, I could just sweet. be transported to New York, I suppose. Just be rolled over. Yeah. 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 Yeah, they send they send Pennsylvania their garbage and you send them their your corpses. My mushrooms. Composting. Like <laughs> my corpse mushrooms. Hell yeah. And after all, the the um, You're my wonder wall. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> this is devolving. <laughs> the mycorrhizal network. I you know, we don't know where it starts and ends. Right. Now what makes a a, a rhizome microrhizal? That's and a really so- good question. <laughs> A mycorrhizal network. I just haven't run into that word. Oh, it's not like, it's not micro, it's mycorrhizal. Myco. Myco. Yeah, mycorrhizal. Mycorrhizal, like mycelium. Like mycology. Mycology. Yeah. 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 And it's when all of the hyphae and mycelium through the dirt connects to the roots of the plants and then they send nutrients and they talk. Yeah. That's why it's a network. There's a good horror movie about that. In the Earth? Yeah. Yeah. That would be whips. I was thinking that actually has a lot to do with like information and librarianship because it's like thinking about systems not in like an arboreal yes. way, but thinking about them in like rhizomatic ways, you know, where like things are all kind of bouncing off of each other instead of like a hierarchy. Yeah, we talked about that a little bit in, um, I think, the second Digital Garden episode that we did. Oh, cool. Where I explained Deleuze and rhizomes probably very badly. Yeah. But, it's yeah. hard to do without images. Yeah. I, I talked about the drum machine example of that from that one video. But uh, In a rhizome, things are connected to each other in non-obvious ways and non-hierarchical ways. And the idea is sort of like a tumbleweed. And then the arboreal thing that Kate just mentioned is like a tree, like literally an evolutionary tree where things lead to certain fruits. So it gives it a deterministic quality as if like humans and Neanderthals were always going to be separate species. Like you could, this is a real problem people have when they try and think about evolution and why it doesn't come naturally to a lot of people is because the way we talk about speciation is so temporally flat Because, like, you're always your ancestors, right? So if you go back to Homo erectus, whatever, that's a different species. But there was never a point where they stopped being you. They're always your ancestors, right? It's just a population that breeds over time. The only way that you're a different species in any way is if you literally had a time machine, went back in time, and found you could no longer interbreed, which is not a real problem, right? So we don't think about depth very well. And with this hierarchical thinking, and so that's the whole critique is we need to think more messily. And it is there is something in libraries that's a direct correlation, but we'll bring it up in a bit. 
Go ahead. Ooh. And also with arboreal versus rhizomatic, another aspect about it for those of you at home listening who haven't listened to the first episode is that like with an arboreal thing, the root is like the platonic ideal of the thing. And then the further away you get at the tips of the branches from like the, you know, the trunk of the tree then the further away from that like platonic ideal you are. Whereas in a rhizome, each sort of node in the rhizome, each potato, each mushroom, right, is its own thing while still being interconnected, but it's not trying to be anything else and it's not away from some sort of ideal. It's its own thing. And so the example is like a drum machine. Instead of a drum machine trying to use it as a drum, you use it in a way of like a human drum could never do this. And so it's like shitty drum machine music versus like using it in cool punk music to, to go faster than a human could, letting it sound like a machine and why not? So letting it be its own thing versus it being away from this platonic ideal of a thing. And so that is another thing about arboreal versus rhizomatic thinking is like, are you trying to make something into something or are you like letting the sort of womb of potentiality of what something is and can be instead of it being like Justin said, the sort of deterministic, it's trying to be a thing. That kind of ties in with what we talked about last time with letting books describe themselves. Yeah. Letting things mm. be what they are because the, the act of naming a thing is particularly, this gets very like goth very quickly. So we're talking about like fungus decay and like the act of a name. Yeah. <clears throat> so part of the fun thing that about fungus, that's like, Kind of the starting point for this is that fungus was classified as a plant until like 60 years ago, 50 years ago, like the mid 60s. And then we realized, oh, right, they're more like kind of animals. Not really, but they're they're way closer to us than plants. They're a secret third thing. Yeah. <laughs> Which will be revealed to us later. Yes. Tell me the name of God, you fungal piece of shit. <laughs> I think about that all the time. <laughs> yeah, because that's like a very famous like tumblr post that everyone kind of knows which i think is why tumblr was so well primed to to be ready for our future body possibilities because <laughs> when i saw it circulating on tumblr i was like immediately like oh they must love this and i went into the notes and it's like yeah they do yeah like of course i didn't think people were being mean to kate on tumblr no. i was like nah they love this shit i loved it i was right like tumblr alley hit. yeah the reigning fungal queen of tumblr <laughs> Well, there's probably a new one this week, but I was last week for a couple days. <laughs> I did enjoy that Wojak that was just like a big fungus head. Yes. That someone just replied and I was like, that's pretty good, actually. That was beautiful. Yeah, I was, um, I've been reading this book called The Mushroom at the End of the World. Do you know this book? I've heard of it and I have it like a sample on my Kindle and I've been meaning yeah. to read it for months now. It's very good. I would recommend yeah. it to everyone who is interested in mushrooms, but also like anti-capitalism and just leftism in general. It's written by this woman, Anna Singh, who I guess like studied with Donna Haraway. So Queen! <laughs> yeah, major cred. But yeah, like her, her thesis is like that we should 
we already are in the end of the world, but like that might be like it's okay to just sort of recognize that and that mushrooms can kind of show us what the next possibilities are, both like through stories and also theoretically. Like there's like material ways that they can show us because they are often the first thing that grows after like a major catastrophe. So like Chernobyl mushrooms were like the first things that came back. There are mushrooms that eat plastic. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so like looking at mushrooms and how they grow and how they like communicate with each other is a really interesting way for us to see like world making other than our own. And then also like her... I guess she's sort of like interested in, yeah, just like how we can envision new futures that are not like based on capitalism and like what that could look like, even if we do accept that like we're in a very precarious, disastrous situation. So I'm only, I've, I'm like two chapters in, but I really like it so far. She's really I mean, interesting. If there's already that much in the first two chapters. It sounds like a fucking banger. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a banger of a book. It's really good. I didn't save it because this was before we were planning this episode, but uh, it was one of those. I think it went around on Tumblr. And if you don't save a post on Tumblr, it's gone forever because the search <laughs> doesn't work. Yeah. I've been trying to find this post about like language and color because it had an example of like to these people, it's these colors are hard to differentiate and it's like types of blue. And for us, it's oh, like yeah. easy. And it's like, okay, for them, these colors are easy to to distinguish. What do you see? And it's just four identical shades of orange. And you look at it and they're like, these people look at this and easily see the difference, but you can't, can you? Like, oh, why didn't I save that? It was it's, So it's driving me crazy. Is it Germany that has two shades of blue? Like two, dis- yes. they consider them different colors? Ha, um, there's hell blue. Dunkelblau. Hell bl- Dunkelblau and hell blau. <laughs> the only word I remember from German class and I would yell it all the time. Dunkelblau. Can that be yeah. the, like, the library punk like bunny mascot? Can its name be Dunkelblau? Mm-hmm. Dunkelblau Skinnamarink is our mascot's name. That's their full name. <laughs> That's their full name. That's their Christian name. <laughs> Dunks for short. <laughs> Justin, I don't see your bunny running around anymore, but it was running around at the beginning. Oh, there it is. And it's, it's fun. so funny. Like, I used to have a rabbit and it always cracked me up just seeing like an an animal like a rabbit just like running around in a house. There's something mm-hmm. very funny and Maybe skinamarinky about it (laughs) (laughs) in this house. They also are rabbit poop is such a great building block for fungus. I've seen mushrooms grow in their litter box before if I've taken too long to change it. Way to go, bunnies! They're participating in the in the decay. (laughs) Yeah, so I get all kinds of mushrooms growing in my compost pile. Oh hell yeah! Really but yeah, cool. it will grow in the hay too because it likes straw and stuff. I was I was reading how to uh, grow magic mushrooms because me and Jay were talking about it, and I was like, I didn't think you could do that. And he's like, No, you definitely can. I was like, Cool. And well, so growing them, cultivating them, pew, 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 legally acquired, like blah, 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 put make me sound like an IRA. Oh, you can't make me sound like an IRA person. Legally acquired materials. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so here's the thing: if you are an amateur mycologist and like looking at things through microscopes, you can legally acquire spores. Anything beyond that is illegal. And we are not in officially endorsing anything on this podcast. Cough. Cool. But you don't need grow lamps. 
Nope. So when the police send the heat detecting drones over your house looking for grow facilities, they won't find you. Yeah. It's good to know. Cough. (laughs) (laughs) There uh, There was a hot minute where I really thought about getting like a big indoor hydroponic garden. Yeah, because I, I have the little, I have the little one, and I really thought about getting a big one, but I'm like 100 percent where I live. They send those fucking heat-seeking drones around the house, just looking for grow operations. Bullshit! <laughs> Can't you just say that you have a lot of lizards? I have a lizard. See, and legally acquired materials are getting warm on top of his tank right now. <laughs> <laughs> really big legal lizards. Yeah, there's a lot of legal lizards. Coop, are you legal? <laughs> Coop is barely legal. <laughs> He's named after FBI Special Agent Dale Cooper. Oh, <laughs> uh, the only good cop. The only good one. <laughs> Coop's a cop. I apologize. I have a cop in my house whom I love very oh, no. much. I know. I'm a hypocrite. He's vibing. He's just hanging. <laughs> oh, I lost my train of thought. Uh-oh. Uh, well, yeah, going back to the goth stuff, I mean, like, that shows up a lot, but it's also... The the difficulty of like classifying fungus is actually really interesting for us because we always talk about difficulty of classifying anything. And the post on Tumblr I was thinking of was someone saying they were in a biology class and they were like talking to the professor about the impossibility of like doing taxonomy to fungus because it's so difficult. And some of it, so much of it we couldn't really do until we did genetic analysis. And I was interested if there was any kind of like horizontal gene transfer between like fungus. I don't think there is because I think they're too complicated, but it would be fun if there was like some mechanism for horizontal gene transfer that could like then integrate with the human body in a future and then make us fungus, fungus people. It could become fungus among us. I love that. Well, I know lichens are just fungus plus um, algae, I think. Fungus plus. Sounds right. Yeah. And they become friends. And there's like, <laughs> yeah, lichens are very queer. There's a whole chapter in Entangled Life about how queer lichens are. <laughs> really? Well, it's not a whole chapter, but uh, the chapter on lichens talks, gets into queer theory a oh, lot. Oh, cool. Yeah. That's the other mushroom book. The other fungus book. <laughs> yeah. There's a a part of Annihilation, the book where the biologist is it's not about mushrooms but it could be i love it like looking, i need to read the book oh it's so good it's very different like they both are great because the movie's just stalker <laughs> yeah but like awesome <laughs> yeah it's so it's beautiful. so good it's great like yeah i've taken a lot of screenshots of the movie and like I use it in lectures about art a lot because I think it's so interesting and beautiful. But yeah, in the book, the book is really different. The like sort of alien kind of like center, you know, where in the, in the, the movie zone. where she goes into like that kind of lighthouse and that's yeah. where like sort of like the central part of like the energy is coming from in the book it's all words like the <sighs> the creature is like writing these like really long kind of like poems so it's like yeah i feel like it would be something you'd be interested in that is exactly my shit <laughs> yeah 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 but so in the book she has the biologist has a flashback to she w- she like was really into studying tidal pools and there's a starfish that's called destroyer of worlds which is like fucking crazy. 
Um, but so the more she looks at, she thinks about, (laughs) I know, right? I'm like, wow, what does a starfish do? But the more she like looks at the starfish, she says that like, you know, she knows it's been like assigned a place in like the taxonomy, but it felt so alien. And that like every bit of like her knowing was like completely inadequate. And I just thought that was really interesting that like there's it's like we put things in places and categorize them, but then like the act of like actually being there and looking at it and like trying to relate to that thing is a completely different experience. Yeah, like there's a a similar plant book uh, called Gathering Moss, A Natural and Cultural History of Mosses. And there's a part where she talks about how like moss is one of the things that like we don't normally have cute like vernacular names for. Like mushrooms will have their like scientific name, but then also normally have like a more colloquial name Mm -hmm. as well. And we don't have that with mosses as much. And you and because of that it might think that like, oh, then therefore is it Greek or Latin the way we do science names. I don't remember. Based on vibes. Oh it's vibes based. Okay. Um And like you would assume that that would make like the names really inaccessible, but it's like once you actually learn the names of the mosses, how descriptive the names are, and then like through describing, even if it is through Latin or Greek, that then that forms a relationship with that moss. And so it's like naming is almost like as a way of learning about something instead of a, instead of ascribing, I am naming you this because I am a powerful person. It's more, this is what the moss is telling me. And I give it this name to better understand what it is hmm. telling me. Yeah. And it creates conceptual space. The same thing. Yeah. That's weird that this circled around, but the color thing, because you have yeah. words for different shades of color, you can distinguish them in your brain. So when you have words for natural phenomenon, you can describe them in their brain. There's an article that just came out. I've been working, trying to think of a way to work this in, but there was an article that came out about like a, like a recent revision to like a general dictionary. And most lay people don't understand dictionaries. They're like, oh, the dictionary, that's where all the words live. Like the library, that's where the books live, right? That's why I got to be quiet because they're asleep, right? <laughs> so... Aww. That's adorable. Whereas I was about to say, it's a stupid joke, Justin. <laughs> oh, I just imagined all these like books snoring like gently. <laughs> yeah, and the pages are like, <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> they're doing like conk shoe. Yeah. Me, me, me. <laughs> me, 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 me. <laughs> the, the recent, like, I don't know, most, most recent uh, revision of one of the major dictionaries what, had removed a bunch of words for describing natural phenomena because we don't use them as much. And people were saying this is kind of a bad thing because if children don't learn these concepts, the space in their brain that will describe the natural world will actually be less like developed. So if they don't have words for these things, you're going to have like, you know, before English had a word for orange, we just saw everything as like shades of red. Right. And then someone brings along this fruit called an orange and we go, oh, this looks like that orange thing. And then we, you know, that's why there's a lot of birds called like red breasted, whatever, but it's like clearly an orange bird. That's a holdover from a time before we had a word for orange. Oh, don't even get me started on birds. (laughs) Don't even get me started on birds. <laughs> Don't get me fucking started. Yeah. Don't get me started. Don't People even get who me. named birds. Good lord. Horny. 
people who have names that are also names of birds who are on this podcast. <laughs> Maybe who are named Jay. <laughs> oh, perhaps. Yeah, it's like the um one of my of a blue jam a goth Jay. <laughs> well, blue jays are part of the are corvids. Hell yeah. So you're you're the like the least goth of the goths, but goth no. nonetheless. No, you can still be goth. There's a really funny meme Take of it away like goth cred, Kate. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> There's a funny meme that's like this goth family and then like one normal person and it's like crows, ravens, magpies, blue jay. <laughs> Is the normie, <laughs> but blue jays are really smart and cool. Okay, yeah. Now this is um. <laughs> now I just thought maybe this might be. No, oh. is this going to be backwards? Oh, a visual. Oh shit! I sucked <laughs> and fucked my way along the Great Texas Coastal Birding Trail. Hell yeah! Is that, that a is- hank? Is that a hanky? No, this is a t-shirt. Oh, sweet. That is such a specific t-shirt. It's like those oh, like, I live boomer in Texas t-shirts. Now, so. Like my wife's name is Shannon and I love my blue truck and fuck <laughs> you if you don't like the state of Idaho. <laughs> don't start a fight with a lineman's wife on a th- yeah. who was born on a Thursday. <laughs> those shirts ruled. <laughs> <laughs> I figured I could wear that when I go like out to the nature trails around here. That's perfect. You're going to make so many friends. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> You'll make cool friends. Like You could like cruise with that shirt on. Yeah, like, mm-hmm. cruise on the birding trails. Saying you sucked and fucked on it, yeah. They're really famous around here. Sucking and fucking? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, our nature trails, because they're all under like threat. So everyone's like, ooh, now I have to go see all the liberals are like, ooh, I gotta go see it and stick it to Trump. Not so much now because like Trump's not in office, so they forget that we exist. Well, he will be again <laughs> soon. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's a good way. Yeah, that's a good way to not do any to not like enact any change to go to a a natural park to stick it to Trump or just like, I I guess Greg Abbott or whatever. Yeah. If you go to, I mean, if you do go to some of them, the border patrol will harass you like just going to them. So because it literally is on the border. So the, the, they like park on the road and then they'll be like, you can't drive through here. And it's like the butterfly garden is literally the only thing on this road. And they're like, "Mm, well, we have extra legal powers and you can't do anything. (laughs) They're like completely unaccountable cops, right? You can't, you have no rights when the border patrol pulls you over. Yeah. That's so horrific too. Cause like butterflies are one of the animals that cross over borders because like, you know, animals don't know what borders are. Mm -hmm. Wouldn't that be nice? Yeah. So like you're being told you can't go see an animal that like does not recognize. Does not recognize the U.S. government. They're all sovereign citizens. Yeah. The butterflies do not recognize the U.S. government. God to live that life. This is my tweet for tomorrow. <laughs> in in Haruki Murakami's novel One Q Eight Four, there's an old lady in it who has butterflies as pets, and so she has like a big like greenhouse place like where her butterflies can roam around, and she's the head of an organization where she has 
women assassins go kill men who have harassed women and those women get to come live in like the butterfly house for safety until like it's safe for them to go elsewhere it's like one of the one good things murakami did was like have a cool old lady who has butterflies as pets like kill men (laughs) have like men get assassinated (laughs) it's pretty dope i love that yeah kind of wanted to go back to the beginning though because (laughs) okay rhizomes well, Kate mentioned two movies, one of which I've seen a few times, which is Crimes of the Future, and then Girl with All the Gifts. And so why did you want to bring up those movies and bring them in? Because I know uh, the these are some of your favorite movies. They are. Well, yeah. Okay. So Crimes of the Future is definitely one of my favorite movies. Um, the movie's so good. Yeah. I've seen it four times. Not to brag. <laughs> Not to brag or anything. Cronenberg, <laughs> if you're listening. Yeah. We know you're listening, David. Yeah, David. Yeah. So Crimes of the Future, I think, is that's sort of where my, like, body future body possibilities idea came from crimes of the future takes place in a like kind yeah like near future and people there was like clearly some sort of like ecological disaster but because i love i love cronenberg because he doesn't like there's no exposition it's just like you're in this world now And people are starting to, well, they've lost the feeling of pain and infection is like mostly not an issue anymore. And people are, some people are able to grow like new organs. And particularly they're like the main character is a performance artist who has the ability to grow new organs and uses that as his performance so like the surgery of that happens like after he like he he's like i feel a new one cooking he like cooks a new organ the movie's so funny i love it yeah and then his he and his performance art like collaborator um have a performance where like she does surgery to get rid of it. So she fucks him with an autopsy machine. Yes, thank it's you. It's so good. It's very <laughs> hot. So I mean I like it because I'm a pervert, but also I think it's really I also like it because I'm disabled and I have I wear an insulin pump and it's like on it's like an organ on the outside of my body, basically. So anything that has anything to do with like the like, you know, Delizian body without organs shit, I can totally get down with. But I was thinking about like, so basically like what ends up happening in the movie is there's this group of people who realize like how how like far humanity has gone and that like we're in an incredible state of like disaster precarity and they get these operations so that they can eat like industrial waste and then a child is born who has the organs who can actually eat it naturally and the the government like has all these kinds of like weird new entities like there's like a what is it what is new vice which is like Something people who like are like cutting themselves up and trying to like do like do all these like weird organ transplants and stuff like that. Like there's also a bureaucratic in- instrument where like they're trying to classify and like catalog all the people who have been able to grow new organs and like what the organs look like. 
and then on the other side yeah and then on the other side there's this like you know sort of leftist group that is like it's not enough to be like documenting these classifying them like the government is is doing something but it's not enough and like artists are making statements but it's not enough like we need to actually like change our bodies for real so that we can eat industrial waste and a big part of it is the main character Viggo Mortensen's character is like he's having them removed because it's like oh these are basically tumors they're basically organs that don't do anything and then as the movie progresses it's more like no if you were to let nature take its course this is a threat to the government's power because apparently like the government's pretty weak at this point so that's where there's these plastic eating separatists but they're they're trying to convince him (laughs) no your body is building to something new and wonderful and you need to stop taking it out as if it's a problem. So it's like this removal of a problem and the classification of it that's really like I think the fun part of the movie for me. Yeah, that book because you that get creepy made. pervert Kristen Stewart. Oh yes, as like Best the, part of the movie. as like a a weird like sniveling bureaucrat. Oh, she's so good. And then that book that they have that they like bring in to show her of like all the organs there's like this beautiful like bound book that they made that like is like illustrations of all the organs that they've taken out of Saul and then like an overlay of the tattoo that they put on it and it's like so gorgeous but you're right Justin like that's the the realization that he has is like he thinks these organs it's like something that's happening to him and he doesn't want it to happen. So like his art is getting rid of them. But the separatists are like, dude, <laughs> your body is doing something incredible. Like, aren't you interested in seeing where like where it takes you? And then, you know, it leads to this like incredible passion of Joan of Arc <laughs> and where he eats the plastic and like has this like moment of ecstasy you know where he realizes like the things he was fighting like he was always ill coughing and like choking on on like something in his throat because like the things the like machines that you buy to try and like fix the problem aren't actually doing anything for him it's like his body really just wanted to change and become like a new a new human. And so I guess that's like that's what I was thinking of. I was thinking of that and then Girl with All the Gifts is another fungal zombie movie. <laughs> and like the interesting part about that is there's the main character is a girl who's a second generation zombie, so like she oh, cool. was yeah, so she was in her like she was in her book, mother's right? I think so. She was in her mother's womb when her mother became a zombie. Oh, cool. And then she basically like clawed her way out of her mother. And so all of the second generation zombies are like kids that were basically born of the zombie apocalypse. <laughs> And um, they're like mostly normal kids, except they want to eat humans. So like they're not part of they're not like a swarm, you know, they're like sentient and like want to just be kids. And they're they're kept in like, do they hunger for humans or do they they culturally want to eat humans? They hunger for them. Just saw it is based on a book. Yeah. 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 Like they very, very much hunger for them. Like. Like, they'll be normal, they'll be, like, normal, you know, quote-unquote, kids, and then suddenly they'll get this, like, kind of, like, wild rage, where they're like, 
<laughs> and they have to eat a human. Um, yeah, and they're like kept in a government facility and like being they're being experimented on as like these like maybe there's an maybe there's information that like could be learned from them but only for like the government you know only for the state and then basically like she the main character decides to there's like when when you get out of the government facility there's this like crazy ass like it looks like a um like a phone tower, like a cell phone tower that's been like completely overgrown with fungus and like these huge spores. And she's like, she finally decides to just like torch it and just like let the spores all go so that like whoever's still left as a human is like can't live anymore. And like the only people that can still like survive are like the second generation zombies and they have to like make a new world basically so it's like another i think really interesting take on not only like zombies but also just like the whole idea of like fungal infections and that like these kids are infected with it but like instead of being like oh they all turn into these like mindless monsters like they're still kids they're just different you know and like they're gonna be the next sort of like resilient population because the rest of the earth has to die yeah and it's like because i know you said like in your tweet that like you know about like body possibility and Mm -hmm. Something I like to stress on this podcast a lot and in my, you know, career in general is that like information and stuff relevant to libraries isn't just like stuff in books or or whatnot. Like everything is information, including bodies, like bodies are information and how bodies interact with each other and with the world around them is also information. Like information is transferred, information is stored. Like I, I have started calling like my my like transsexual body is a like catalog and archive of all the stuff that I've done to it. Right. Like there is and so it's like with body possibility, like thinking about that from not just like, oh, if we look at the body possibility and think, oh, how can we translate that to information science? To me, like translating doesn't have to happen. Like what does body possibility like what can that tell us about information within like the body and and stuff so yeah, I mean, we all have yeah, we carry like lots of marks on our bodies as like history markers yeah. you know tattoos piercings scars yeah well d- did you want to see something about this disaster tourism because i didn't have time to read it oh that was just a um it's a project that anna singh did with a bunch of a bunch of artists and archivists and anthropologists i think let me find the it's called feral oh feral atlas It's just, like, an interesting thing to, like, play around on. But it's, like, basically about the interactions of, like, human and animal or, like, human and plant. And, like, it's cataloged as invasion, empire, capital, or acceleration. Um, It's super interesting. (laughs) Those are a bunch of discourse words. (laughs) I know. And you can kind of just like plop around and, oh, there's a coronavirus one. And like you click on things and it gives you like this atlas and then there's stories 
it's all very like it's kind of intuitive like it doesn't really it kind of guides you around intuitively but yeah like if you click on the coronavirus it gives you an atlas and then there's all these like articles that pop up there's like some things about historical and fantastical landscapes like it's just a really interesting art project that i think was it was done with like, um, which I also think is super cool. I love when artists, because I'm I'm a visual artist, so I love when artists collaborate with like archivists or anthropologists or scientists and like put together pieces like this. I think it's really interesting. Yeah, I, I just used Wappalizer on it because I always love to figure out like how these things are built because I mm-hmm. work with digital exhibits. Oh, cool. This looks like it's just straight up custom made because the only thing it says is runs on Apache, which <laughs> is like way less than any other website. So I think this is all homegrown or something. Oh, wow. Yeah. And like, it looks like, I think the thing that they were talking about with like the term feral is that like these are animals and plants that have sort of grown along with like humans. And, like, maybe have grown in ways that, like, humans weren't expecting or, like, because of something that humans did, now there are these, like we have a crazy population of European starlings because a bunch of ding-dongs really wanted Shakespeare birds in New York (laughs) in the parks. And now we have millions and millions of them. So, you know, I think it's, like, I like the idea of... I appreciate things like this because it places us, like, sort of within the... I guess, yeah, like, instead of the arboreal way of thinking of hierarchy, like, we're amongst all the animals and plants, and, like, we're we're affecting them and they're affecting us. Like, we're not separate. Because I think that's how a lot of people think of humans, as, like, we're doing our own thing, and, like, the natural world does its own thing. Whenever I think of things like that, I think back... It's very Christian thinking, Mm, And it mm -hmm. may not be like the source of that sort of thinking, but I was just, it's a very, very Christian point of view that humans are above literally everything else. Yeah, it's that lack of historical depth. It's like humans are more evolved than chimps. Like, no, we're equally evolved. If you're alive at the same time as another thing, you're equally evolved. We're all (laughs) in the present. That's a very good point. Yeah, it's the thing is, is we're, we're really bad at thinking both historically, like this is a this, when you do a history degree, a big part of it is learning how to think historically. But it's also a big part of like a biology degree teaching people evolution is like teaching people to think with any kind of temporal depth is really difficult. And we're really bad at doing it because we build these things like hierarchical trees. And that says like this goes from point A to point B and it colors the way that we think about and it makes us more hierarchical as people, which I think is something you should think about as like a leftist who challenges arbitrary hierarchies. It's a very anarchist point, right, to think about hierarchies and the way we describe things. That is one thing I really like about the the homosaurus is that like while it does have some elements of a more traditional thesaurus and taxonomy where you have like a broader term narrower terms which are related terms and where it's like a family tree style it does have some aspects of that but things don't necessarily have to have the same parent term the same broader term to be related terms so you can make connections without having the family tree style strictly enforced we encourage 
that sometimes in our when we're creating terms just for to make the tree look pretty and it like helps when you're seeing what terms are related to what but we don't have to create those relations in a strict genealogical family tree way i thought that was and it took me a while to get used to that when i was creating terms because i was like but wait a minute but these terms are related, but then I have to give them the same broader term, but that makes no sense with them. So how do I make this term? And they're like, no, 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 be free. <laughs> be free of the Library of Congress. We don't have to do that here. <laughs> yeah, there, there's no problem when you're describing something abstractly of it being like polyphyletic, meaning like these are unrelated terms, but we're going to group them together. In biology, it's a big problem because like, we study bones and we accidentally put the wrong animals together as if they're related because we didn't have genetics or we can't do genetic analysis to them. So then we go, oh, crap, we've got to reorganize all this because this is polyphyletic. It's two lineages that we smush together because they look alike or they act alike. And we've classified them wrong. But if you're doing something that's not bound by biology, you can do whatever you want. But this non-hierarchical to like bring in a little more like very specific library stuff. I hear the bunnies chewing on cardboard, but whatever. <laughs> Better than the walls. This actually brings us to like when we're talking about rhizomes, that the, the very specific application of rhizomes in libraries is linked data, which is fun because linked data is like a dead project. Yeah. Uh, we gave up on it. We decided. So for people who might not know, because even though we have like a lot of grad students, are you even learning about linked data in library school anymore? You probably are because it lags practice, but like in practice, we're not doing linked data. So the whole idea of Web 3.0, which is why those Bitcoin people can't use the word Web 3.0, they say Web 3. The idea of Web 3.0 was, okay, Web 2.0 was the hyperlinked web. Web 3.0 will be the semantic web. We will teach machines to actually understand words by manually teaching them relationships. We will create terms for relationships. We will basically teach machines grammar. So Hamlet would be one term, is a work of. So there'd be like a DOI for is a work of. So a machine could understand it. And then Shakespeare. And you could create through these triples, you can link all the information in the universe, basically. Shakespeare is the author of Macbeth. Macbeth is a book. Like a book is you can create these triples and link everything together semantically. We decided not to do that. Instead, what we decided to do is what I call the stupid web, where everything is learned by large language models. And it sort of just guesses at what the, it doesn't even know what the words mean. It guesses what the words mean. And that's why everyone's trying to, you know, right now it's a hot AI debate topic, especially academics who are fucking morons because they don't play with these things before they talk about them. They're like, oh no, my student's going to plagiarize with chat GPT. I'm like, did you try to no, use it? Not. Because this model doesn't understand human language because no one's bothered to teach it human language. The whole idea behind the semantic web is we were going to create these non-hierarchical connections in a rhizome and it would make discovery easier because everything would actually be linked and machine readable and human readable at the same time. And so we would actually be teaching machines how to actually talk to us for the first time. Instead of telling a machine, this is a 200 line, a 200 line holds this information. And then the human goes, okay, that's what a 200 line does. Computer only knows yeah. what a 200 line is. It doesn't know what the information in it is. Data that is both semantic and structured. And then it's also queryable. Wikidata is uh, semantic. Wikidata is linked data. Yeah. 
and structured yeah um i really was going back when i was still like writing papers and stuff i wanted to do a paper on like using like cyborg theory on link data and editing it and like it being both human readable and machine readable and how those are the same thing because humans create the machines and whatnot and then also how link data as a project to me is like a reverse of uh, the confusion of tongues. Like it's returning us to a pre tower of Babel divine, perfect language where everyone on the internet would be speaking the quote, same language. Cause everything would be through linked data that the computer could understand and like reducing human, human communication down to linked data. I love linked data as a concept and a project. And I wish we would have stuck with it because uh, I'm a nerd and I think it's cool, but it also, it's like the way that it is, structured in the terms we use for everything like the internet is in english right and the way that we have linked data structured and stuff it like is for it would force everything on the internet to be to start to speak the same language and and stuff that's interesting like link link data as a conlang because like Mm -hmm. is author of obviously i said that in english but you could translate that sentiment maybe into most languages and they would have all the same uri though yeah, yeah, like and you it would, would all it be the a, same. Mm-hmm. Like, like parts of speech would have tags that the machine understands mm-hmm. and humans understand. That's cool. Yeah. yeah, it is a shame we've decided to do the stupid web instead, the lazy version, which is <laughs> we're going to teach a statistical uh, machine to do this and then make underpaid workers make it not say the word. And then that's it. You can't let it turn into a Nazi in two hours. <laughs> step two, question mark. Step three, profit somehow. It's always the way. But yeah, AI discourse is driving me nuts. I I can't wait for faculty to start asking me about it so I can tell them to fucking shut up, (laughs) to read read a goddamn book. I don't know. Yeah, I hate it as an artist, too. It's just, you know, it's like there are ways that things can be done, but I wonder, it's like under capitalism, you're always going to choose the the most awful, just exploitative method of everything. Yeah, it's like my argument this entire time has been that like it in and of itself isn't a problem. Right. It's a capitalist system under which it was developed and under which and in which it is being used and what that affects that is the problem. People making huge eight titty anime girlfriends uh, is not a problem. <laughs> like, yeah, it's that's just fine. Like, Go ahead. Yeah. Enjoy yeah. yourself. But yeah. don't steal, like, a bunch of the titties from, like, someone else's photo, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> or someone else's drawing. See, a thing with, I mean, and not to get into, like, a yeah. AI argument for the millionth time, but, like, a lot of that is actually, like, a lot of the arguments that of people have been saying, it's, like, it's actually perfectly, like, a lot of times, like, copyright, it's being done in fair use. And yeah. then people are suggesting stricter IP Which is law. Which is good, yeah. It, it, like, it's getting very reactionary against, right. like, like very legitimate criticisms against a flawed technology and capitalist system is making people kind of reactionary in a way I don't re- think they realize they're becoming reactionary. That is true. Yeah, and I yeah. think a lot of it, I mean, this is a completely different episode, but yeah, a lot of it is like artists are so exploited and like underpaid and have never been able to really figure out a way to like survive under capitalism that I think artists mm-hmm. get get intense about copyright in ways that are reactionary that like we shouldn't mm-hmm. be but it's like one of those things where you're like this it's is understandable <laughs> yeah. yeah and like that's the whole point of copyright too <laughs> yeah 
is to like support creativity and stuff quote end quote <laughs> right but it's just for disney <laughs> yeah it's like that co- conversation we had where we've conflated art with a thing that should be copyrighted by someone so if you're doing art that we would consider art we're conflating that with thus should be copyrighted and it seems at the moment that the copyright office is kind of sticking to its opinion that ai art and llm generated art that's large language models that uh, cannot be copyrighted. And I think part of, I think that's kind of funny because I think the really the only reason that is is because people have insisted on calling this shit AI as if it's like a little person, not. as if it's like a little dude. If you had said I created a statistical model that makes images, you probably could have copyrighted everything that you did as an output. But everyone's like, no, this is a thinking machine. It's the guy with the with the with the uh fedora who's like being is alive and it's talking to me and then google fired him or whatever (laughs) but i also wanted to bring up what we're talking about last week with final versions because as we were recording about final versions translations and new editions coming out all the roll doll shit was happening like as we were recording that that story was going around do you know about this, Kate? Mm-mm, I don't. Yeah. So they basically huck Findom, which is they just took out the, the estate because it's all still under copyright. The estate put out a new version and and took out, I don't know, racist or sexist stuff. I don't really care. They they made uh they made Matilda go like read Jane Austen instead of reading like Hemingway and made mm. her like not go to n- like not read Heart of Darkness yeah or like instead of, instead of women being secretaries women are big business CEOs and cool. stuff like that yeah it's image management for the estate it's but everyone's like censorship because no one can fucking like pay attention to a discourse for five minutes and they're like this is just like what Republicans are doing. It's like, no, this is a business decision. And the same thing we said last week. The problem is they're not going to reissue the old versions. So now you have to buy an old version. Like libraries mostly buy new books. Mm. So if you need to preserve an older version, you need to do it like now. I mean, Roald Dahl, there's millions of copies, but that's not going to be a problem. But if it was something smaller and you made a change like this, it might be really, really hard to go back and get the original if it wasn't. And this is like a copyright problem. This is a if this was in the public domain, we could have any version we wanted. You know, you could you could do like Pride and Prejudice and Matilda because it's in the public domain and you could just rewrite the book to do that with Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. Everything was zombies brings bring us back to The Last of Us. But as that's that was from the zombie golden era, I think. Yeah. The zombie renaissance. That's all I'll call it. Yeah, monsters definitely have um like eras. We have like Major vampire times, major zombie times. Mummies are weird, though, because mummies are always vague about, like, what powers they have. Yeah. I, I always like the old mummy movies, like Curse of the Mummy's Tomb or whatever. But, like, what is its power? Like, it's super strong. It can kind of, like, teleport. But then it just does zombie stuff when it gets to you. But it's also magic. And it's, like, sentient. <laughs> but it can never talk. It can only go, ah. Yeah. Then it'll, like, curse you. <laughs> That's why it's hard cuz yeah if a uh, if you can't like if if you don't have a quippy monster these days if it just goes like Rah, then it's not very interesting. <laughs> I'm just so blessed that we live in a world that I got my sodomy vampires on on AMC. Yay. I love my sodomy, <laughs> sodomy vampires. vampires. <laughs> the show's so fucking good. <laughs> More sodomizing vampires. I've been looking Mm -hmm. for things to watch. 
Yeah, go watch Interview with the Vampire show. It's real good. You'd like it. They go to the library in an episode. Ooh. That's that's how Claudia learns about other vampires and stuff is by going to the library at like the university. I think she at I think at LSU or no, or what's the one in New Orleans? It's not LSU. LSU's in Baton Rouge. Is it Lafayette then? Maybe. Anyway, she goes to the library and she researches. That's lovely. I love when like that's also that like reminds me of Buffy. Yeah. In like uh, genre movies and TV, there's a lot of research involved, which I love. You have to we open up. Yeah, you have to open up all of your old tomes and find like the you know the demon that's gonna bring the end of the world in Sunnydale again. <laughs> yeah, information seeking behavior. Yeah, we know how I feel about a sexy microfiche montage. Yes, like, I need a sexy microfiche montage shirt. I think you sh- yeah. Mm-hmm. I wonder if that sucking and fucking your way through Texas, whatever, mm-hmm. has a great sexy, Texas birding trail. Thank you, Texas, whatever. <laughs> Maybe they have a sexy microfiche shirt too. Cool. <laughs> I know the artist that made. Oh, I don't know them personally, but I know that which artist made it. So maybe I could do a commission. That'd be great. Yeah. A sexy microfiche montage shirt. A library punk commission. Yeah, I mean we've commissioned we do it all the time. Yeah, yeah, we commissioned our logo thing. We commissioned our music. But yeah, going back to rhizomes, the that was what I was saying with the road doll thing. Is this there's this final versions and arborescent thinking, and that gets conflated with I think like artistic intent. Like this is the with this, the whole thing with like George Lucas and Star Wars. This is my version, so it's my movie. Therefore, I get to determine what the final version is. And rhizomatic thinking and rhizomatic cataloging would be like, now there's, there's lots of different manifestations of a work. If it's an ebook, an audiobook, an edition, a translation, a new translation, it doesn't lead to like an inexorable final version. Like when is a work done? It isn't really, unless it gets kind of like forgotten. This is why Ferber Wimmy is good, actually. Everybody, even when I was in grad school, they were shitting on it. I'm like, no, this shit's right. And I like it. So this is why Ferber Wimmy's good, actually. Well, did people hate Ferber or did they hate RDA classification rules? <laughs> I think they hate both, actually. I always heard people shit talking on both of them. And also, I like RDA. Don't don't tell anyone. I don't like this to close. I don't like that it's a closed standard, but I really like RDA. I mean, it's what I learned. I didn't learn AACR2, but I like RDA. I don't see the fuss. I was going to write this whole ass, my like erotics and metadata thing was going to whole talk about how like all of the complaints about RDA have nothing to do with the end patron and it's all to do with the worker who doesn't like working with it. I mean, that's fair. Yeah, exactly. It's a fair argument. Like our working conditions matter too with these things, but yeah. I did look around for library mushroom collections to see if anyone had like made a big collection. The only thing I could find was a reference collection named after a guy, which is the, I feel like he had a funny name, but maybe not. John D. Fucksmith. It was very John D. Fucksmith, (laughs) which is why I was thinking about it. Oh my god, wait, I have to find the name of a an artist I saw at the PMA. Yeah, this Dr. Leonar Nebone. Because it's like John D. <laughs> Nebone. It's spelled exactly like it sounds. I love it. Kneebone. Yes, Kneebone. Incredible. Oh, um the the painter, um, his name is 
John Henry Because I'm a meathead doesn't mean I'm not a feminist. (laughs) Plotsman. (laughs) And he had a, his painting was called Morning Glory Pool. (laughs) If you do it right, that's exactly what'll happen, baby. (laughs) You say so. I love to date a twatsman. (laughs) Right? Who twats the twatsman? It twats for thee. <laughs> it twats for thee. <laughs> oh, God. Twatsman for me and not for thee. <laughs> but, yeah, I couldn't find any libraries that have a mushroom collection or, like, a, I thought I found a digital collection, but it was just mushrooms in a digital collection. It wasn't what I was thinking. It's like this huge Omeka. They're using Omeka as a catalog, which is insane, but like, fine, whatever. Um, if it makes it work, fine. A lot of like some places will do that, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the problem is it's just so not interoperable, but that's a different discussion. Yeah. Um, it's not very rhizomatic. It's just not integrated into anything else. So if you ever had to migrate, it would be the world's hugest pain in the ass. So you're kind of like stuck with it. I'm going to say that to people now. That's not very rhizomatic of you. <laughs> very rhizomatic yeah. of you, Justin. That's super antifungal. That's super antifungal. <laughs> what are your body possibilities? <laughs> yeah, you're being so antifungal right now. We are a pro-fungus <laughs> podcast. Stop yes. treating your athlete's foot. Let it take over <laughs> your body. Yeah, let it just grow into like cute little toadstools on your toes. <laughs> Toe stools. <laughs> Toe stools. <laughs> Stop wearing shoes. <laughs> Body is reality. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to ask Jay, do you think, yeah. like, because of the way they spore, could libraries do mushroom grow kits and, like, keep making new spores in, like, a makerspace? Oh, it like would a need library? To- yeah. Mm. Or, like, a spore library. Because that is how, like, because you, like, get the spore, you just, like, you get the cap and you go, boop. On a thing, and you get a spore print, and then you can make syringes out of the spore print for, like, you can kind of just get, like, a cycle of, like, getting more spore prints and then whatnot. Yeah, like, you can, for to look under a microscope, you can buy syringes that have active spores and then that you just look at under the microscope. Um, but you can also buy spore prints where it looks like it's like the gills. Kinda. Yeah, I've made mushroom prints before, but I've never made them, yeah, for scientific purposes, just for like to artistic look under a microscope. purposes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, cool. But you can like do a print of those on like a like a dish kind of thing. And you can use that because it's got the spores in there to make spore syringes to, to look at under a microscope and not inject into a grain bag or uh, anything like that at all. Um, But like the conditions under which to grow them, like I could see maybe doing like the spore print thing and having microscopes and stuff. I could see that maybe like, and if you're in a state where it is legal to cultivate such things or whatnot, like even like make your own spore print and like having instructions for like, you know, and then having tools there. Cause like if you're getting really serious about it, you need to have um, one of those rooms that gets the vent with the air. Cause you don't want to, cause there's, there's spores of all sorts of fungus in the air all the time that you breathe constantly. And you want as few things in the air as possible to contaminate 
uh, whatever you do if you're going to grow things. And this is true of any type of mushroom, even legal ones. It's like kind of hard to inoculate soil and and stuff. Uh, you have to be very sterile with it or else mold can happen, all sorts of stuff. So I don't know with uh, how unsanitary public libraries are. <laughs> Incredibly. <laughs> yeah, it would need like its own like special room and it would be like, are we talking about growing them where there's like different phases of like, because like if like if you get like the back to the roots mushroom, like pearl oyster grow kits, basically that's a pre-inoculated bag of dirt and manure and whatever else that you kind of just have to soak in water and then it starts, the mycelium starts to work its way through it and starts to form into a fruiting body, right? And you just have to put it in the sun and let it do its thing. And you see, so you could probably do that at a library, fine. That you don't have to be as fussy about. But if you're actually working from having the spores themselves and growing from there, you have to be fussy. And I don't know if you get that fussy at a library. Yeah, it sounds kind of labor intensive. Yeah, legally acquired, of course. That's a shame that you couldn't just do it like a seed library. But yeah, I mean, if you're growing fungus, that means other fungus can take root very easily. Mm -hmm. This is a problem I had when I was growing, when I was doing my hydroponics, because like the bunnies have like a perfect growing ground for fungus in the next room. So I kept getting like contamination in the water and I couldn't get it out. It was like so bad. It's like, I don't know if I'm going to eat these anymore. Yeah. Just in case I eat the wrong thing. So I've I've had it I've had the whole thing have to be redone twice. I kinda yeah. want to go back to hydroponics. It's just like yeah, the contamination is tough. But I'm gonna try growing mushrooms and see how that goes. And then yeah, I did look into like growing getting syringes of uh Psilocyba cubensis and what you need to do to keep it from getting contaminated. But I also I've just been thinking about this recently because I've I've tried to get more into cooking mushrooms. And I learned recently that one of the reasons people aren't very good at cooking mushrooms is they cook them like plants. They yep. cook them like vegetables, meaning you add water and you shouldn't do that. You should cook them kind of like meat. Yep. So you just oil the pan, you put them in there, and then you let their their own water start to evaporate and then that'll cook naturally yeah you're not even really supposed to wash mushrooms yeah you wipe them off yeah i tend to think a lot of butter a lot of butter and mushrooms are always a, a winning combination mm -hmm. maybe some white wine yeah, yeah. i literally just wiped it wiped the pan to season it with mm -hmm. olive oil and then just threw them in there and let them cook slowly yeah. And that's kind of all you need to do. But that did make me think, are mushrooms vegan? Because like, or is that forestalling <laughs> our future body possibilities? Because they're oh. not, they're not plants. Ash and I have actually talked about this. <laughs> 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 about how bad we feel eating mushrooms that we've grown, especially sometimes. Because it's like, I, I know this now. <laughs> I can't unknow this thing. And so I feel kind of weird eating this thing that I know isn't actually a plant and has so much like cool shit that it can do. And I've also grown it. Um, <laughs> we, we had existential crises about that one time. Imagine how much worse it's going to be when it's a Kate mushroom. Yeah. <laughs> Kate, if you were a mushroom, I'd still eat you. <laughs> <laughs> Would you still love me if I was a toadstool? <laughs> <laughs> Just going to put a picture of a mushroom that says Inquisitive Girlfriend as the cover <laughs> art. <laughs> 
I can't imagine anyone not loving a, a mushroom girlfriend. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I'm gay and I want a mushroom girlfriend. Are you kidding See? me? That rule that <laughs> transcends sexualities. Where's my mushroom girlfriend? She can hang out <laughs> with the like shark milf girlfriend from a few episodes ago. <laughs> yeah, like uh, like Goombet from Mario. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I've got a boy talking to me. Ooh. Oh. On what? Hinge, which is the mm. dorkiest fucking dating say. All the guys on there are just fucking milk toast Disney adults. Ew. And like gay Disney adults are like almost as bad as the straight Terrifying. ones. Terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. But my mama never had show me how to cook. Okay. Your mama never showed you how to suck dick and you still know how to suck dick. <laughs> Pardon me. Points were made. <laughs> Points were made. In conclusion, mushrooms are our friends. Yes. Oh, you know what I forgot to Suck say? That, yeah, that I thought was hilarious. Someone responded to my tweet that The Last of Us is Hobbs with fungus all the way down, which made me mm. laugh so much. Yeah. So that's my in conclusion. <laughs> We're going to start that cannibalism podcast, right? <laughs> oh, 1000%. <laughs> I've been thinking, I'm like in the back of my head. This whole Kate, time. Think, of, think of think of all the things you could talk about. <laughs> I've been on my phone because my dad was having some health emergencies the past couple of days. So I'd just be like, hello, dad. You know, making sure. Aww. And I was like, what if I just looked at cannibal podcasts? There are, are there better there. not be any there better not be any competition or we'll eat There's them. There's a podcast and it's about survival cannibalism and just different stories of survival okay. cannibalism. But say there's there's got to be Hannibal content or podcasts I mean, out there. Not quite probably. the same, but yeah. I do love Hannibal. Same. We'll definitely talk about Hannibal. There was that mushroom episode of Hannibal. Oh yeah. Crossover. That's the grossest one. That's like the one I can't watch. It freaks me out too much. Celebrity guest fungus. Celebrity guest fungus. Oh my God. We get. <laughs> I don't believe know. we got fungus for this episode. I know, right? Score. I'm going through the, the responses to Kate's post on the Tumblr post. Oh which is up to about, it's up to about 30,000 notes now. <laughs> A lot of people is just like same or let's let them cook or uh, (laughs) let them cook cook indeed. What the fuck is Mama Mia Goth talking about future body possibilities? (laughs) Like fungi aren't going to give us superpowers. What fungal infections do is try to decompose you before you're actually dead. And I think that's closed minded thinking. Yeah. Because if you're not dead yet, that's a future body. Yeah. See, that's Hobbes with fungus all the way down. (laughs) <laughs> yeah i mean fungal unfortunately being anti-fungal as far as your toes are concerned is probably a good thing so it's hard to say i realized like the word the word anti-fungal is like already a thing like after i wrote it i was like oh right that's like a thing people put on their like feet. anti like fungal cream <laughs> Yeah. I also see a lot of tags that just say kin. So well done. I think that's a level up. Kin. Does that yeah. mean that I have a, a fungal family? It's oh, kinning. so the kid yeah, the kids on Not Tumblr. The other kind of kinning. K-I-N-G. Years ago. 
Oh, like, okay. That you you and then you would tag a character that you were that you like kinned that character, and but and then there were like wars of like no one else can kin this character. Ooh. I kin this character and stuff. I like it. I am literally this character. I am this character. I am, yeah, I am Donnie Homestuck. <laughs> yeah, I've never read Homestuck. I don't fucking. I am anime boy number five. I am fungal mama mia goth. I'm also seeing a lot of queen wasp, and I don't know if that's a show or if it's literally like a type of thing that happens to queen wasps where they get taken mm. over by fungus. I think yeah, it is. Yeah, I think it is. Yeah. Is what, a show or a thing that happens? A thing that happens. A thing that happens, yeah. Oh, that's a thing that happens. <laughs> Cordyceps speaking through host corpse. Guys, this show is kind of problematic because it limits and it just cuts off. Oh, God. <laughs> Parasect made the original post. <laughs> oh, I turned you into a parasect, too. Yeah, that makes total sense. <laughs> Took me a second. So, uh, join the decay. Decay exists as an extant form of life. And, uh, Kate, we didn't do your plugs up front, so do you want to do them now? Sure. So, I'm Kate. I'm a mushroom. And, um... <laughs> I have a uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and now we've expanded to horror podcast because we kept having so many guests on that didn't like Buffy, and I was getting tired of it. (laughs) (laughs) Jay? (laughs) I know, it's my fault. And I was like, okay, you know what? We like horror, too. Let's talk about horror. So it's horror-focused specifically on, like, adolescence. So, like, Ginger Snaps, The Lost Boys... That kind of stuff. We had Jay on for The Lost Boys as our inaugural horror episode. It was awesome. So you can listen to Fangs for the Memories wherever you get podcasts. And we're on Twitter at Fangs Podcast. And then I am on Twitter. What am I on Twitter? (laughs) Oh, I'm at Kate Terry. At the moment, my name is Mama Mia Goth because I just saw Infinity Pool. And I would like Mia Goth to destroy me. I had a moment of like, I don't get why everyone's obsessed with me, goth. And then I realized I'm not attracted to women. So. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> so, like, it's probably I why see, I don't get yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. <laughs> yeah, I was like, wow. I watched Infinity Pool with Jake and we were both like, we would both like me, a goth to destroy us. <laughs> I did not like that movie. <laughs> I did. Yeah, I liked it. Yeah, I, I, I want to think about it some more, but I enjoyed yeah. it. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. Interrupted your plugs. Oh, no, it's stupid okay. joke. <laughs> You're all good. But so, yeah, I'm at Kate Terry on Twitter. And you can go to my Twitter to see my I'm an artist, which is something that I like don't get to talk about very often. But my website is on my Twitter. It's kateterry.com. And I make all sorts of weird, I don't know, creepy art, which you might have guessed already. (laughs) And And what's the Patreon, too? I can put the Patreon. Oh, God. What is our Patreon? Hold on. Things podcast. Things cast. There it is. Got it. Thank you. (laughs) Leslie's going to murder me. (laughs) Hi, Leslie. Hello. What was the other Cronenberg movie that just came out and started with a P? 
because I started watching it and I possess her. I couldn't. Oh, the younger Cronenberg, the younger Brandon. <laughs> well, yeah, but that's Infinity Pools also Cronenberg. Yeah, younger, right? yeah, yeah. I am not a fan of young Brandon's work. I like that you're like Brandon. <laughs> Brandon, I'm sorry, I'm not a fan of young Brandon's work. <laughs> yeah, I haven't seen all of his other movies, but I, I did like Infinity Pool. I thought it was really interesting, and like, I, I definitely want to watch it again. It was fun to watch it in a theater full of normies who got super scandalized at all the perversion in it. Yeah. (laughs) That's how I had fun at that movie was like sitting there in the back being like, this is tame and like laughing. (laughs) Yeah. And everyone being like, someone in mine went, Jesus Christ, in my theater. (laughs) I saw it in Brooklyn. So at like Nighthawk, which is like this cute little like theater where they serve you cocktails and stuff and i was like oh that's cute yeah so that was seeing scars guard walked around on a dog collar that part was pretty hot yes i enjoyed that very much and did enjoy the scars guard the naked scars guard and a dog collar yeah and then getting pieta breastfed by (laughs) by mia goth yeah some choice like titty pietas in Infinity Pool, if you're mm, into that. Some choice titties. No, I mean, just saying. She does have some choice titties, to be <laughs> honest. I could be objective here. <laughs> anyway, that's that's a so good way for me to end of our podcast about libraries. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we talked about libraries a lot. It's this all rhizomes, baby. for having me on. <laughs> This is a vibes-based rhizome podcast now. And look forward to me and Kate's cannibalism podcast, (laughs) apparently. (laughs) What's it going to be called? Eat eat me or something. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Eat me, don't forget to write. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. I'm going to write it down. That's pretty good, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Or take me me out to dinner first. (laughs) Oh, my God. I love it. That'd be a good one. Okay. Yeah. This is a workshopping our podcast name podcast now. Stuff is in the works. It's in it's in the fungus. Mm-hmm. It's growing. Yeah. It's in the rhizome. Right. Good night.